sat out there at an appointed time. I don't know when it'll be. But he does. And we'll cross that river when he says it's time. So today, that's what we want to try to do. We want to try to be about the Lord's work. I said before how much I enjoyed uh, Old Union Minister School, how much I appreciate my preaching brethren so much. There are so many there that are in the mission field uh, that are packing up their homes and their families and they're going uh, into foreign parts of the country and preaching the gospel. There are some that are uh, going up north and out west uh, all over the world. That's where he's called us to go. And that's where they're going. And uh, certainly, I appreciate my brethren so much. And I would encourage the church to be prayerful for them. I want to get on into my subject this morning. I don't intend to be very lengthy. Uh, I don't consider myself to be a series preacher, uh, but God's let me know that I'm not going to be able to cover this subject in one Sunday. Uh, I'll go as long as God wants me to. Uh, do be prayerful for me. I, I look out and there's times that uh, uh, I guess you could say I get intimidated. Uh, I look out and I see my brethren who are so strong in God's Word. Uh, it intimidates me. But then I look at the Word of God, His Word that I'm handling, and He intimidates me. Uh, this word is precious. And I don't want to get anything wrong. Uh, there's been times that I have uh, had to back up as I've started preaching and looked and reflected and think, God, I, maybe I got that wrong. You know, God will open up His Word to you and He'll show you. Uh, not necessarily about this subject, but in times past. But... Uh, I want the church, and I've been prayerful. This is something that has been on my heart for quite a while. Uh, and the Lord has really, here in the last two or three weeks, let me know that I was going to have to preach on it. And uh, He's helped me in my study. I've tried to meditate on it. And He's really brought it full circle here this last week. Uh, Y'all are probably going to look at me crazy. Uh, and you say, well, that ain't no different. We already look at you. That'll be all right. My thought, and it is go, it's going to go a whole lot deeper than, uh, than where we're going to get started today. But do be prayerful. My thought is, Jesus Christ, the Eternal One. And really to bring it down onto our level, that Jesus Christ is God. And uh, I know a lot of you this morning are thinking, uh, uh, well, uh, we already know that. But I want to try to bring it out because I think a lot of times if we're not careful, we don't recognize the Godhead for what it is. And we don't recognize Jesus Christ for who He is. 
And I want to try to slow down a little bit this morning, if the Lord will help me. You say, well, you say that all the time. Uh, I'm really going to try to this morning. A couple of, two or three weeks ago after service, I had a young lady come up to me with a question. Now, I want to say this morning that I certainly do not consider myself a Bible scholar, though God has brought me a long way from when I first started. I heard a minister at Old Union this week put it this way. As he was preaching Thursday night, he said, it seems like you may crest the mountain of knowledge, and as you begin to crest the mountain and thinking that you've got a little bit of it figured out, he said, you look out and there's another mountain and another mountain and another mountain. We'll never obtain all the knowledge that God has. He'll always open more to us. Even when we've read over something 30, 40, 50 times and you think, God, I fully see the picture of it. He'll open it up again to you and He'll say, here it is in a new perspective. That's the way God is. He brought it out in this way. He said, I've heard people wondering, question, what will we do when we get to heaven? He said, well, uh, some people say that we'll walk upon the street of gold and uh, we'll have our place or our abode there. First and foremost, what heaven is all about is the worship and praise of Jesus Christ. That is what it's going to be about. But then He'll begin to expand and we'll learn more throughout all eternity. God is infinite. His knowledge is infinite. We'll never fully get there at understanding and comprehending everything that He would have for us to know. So this morning, as this young lady come to me and I love the way... Uh, Little children ask questions. She said, Brother Cole, she said, How old is God? I think maybe she's about eight or nine years old. And I looked at her and I said, Honey, God is eternal. God has no beginning and He has no end. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I am the first and the last. So as I began to try to explain that to her, I said, uh, it's uh, beyond my knowledge to try to explain to you that uh, He has no beginning and yet He has no end. He's always been. I tried to explain that to her in a way that maybe she might understand. Psalms 90 and 2 says this, Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. He said, Before anything was even formed, thou art God. Before uh, even uh, the first uh, uh, particle of atom came into existence, before uh, uh, matter as we know it came to existence, God was. And I began to think about a lot of those things this week. 
When I ask you today, when I say, when we're speaking about the Godhead, when I say, who is God? I want you to think about this for a moment. When I say, who is God? Who do you think about? I want you to ponder that for a moment. A lot of times, I'll go ahead and give you the answer, I think of the Father when I think of God. When I think of Lord, I think of Jesus. And that still works. But I want you to know and understand that Jesus Christ is God. He's 100% man, and He's 100% God. I can't make it any clearer to you this morning. A lot of times, I had heard it put this way, and, and Brother Moran's lesson this week uh, really uh, laid into some of the things and the thoughts that I've been having. But he said, Jesus Christ carried every attribute that God did with an exception of one. That He couldn't be everywhere at once. And I agree. That's why He said that it's expedient that I go away. That the Comforter may come to you. That the Spirit may be here because His presence can be everywhere at one time. That's why He said it's expedient. He said, I must go away. A lot of times, if we're not careful, I think of the Spirit, or we do, might I say, and I'm guilty of it too, as the Spirit, as a thing. We say, well, the... If the Spirit, if it'll come. Listen, the Spirit of God is just as much God. It's God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, they make up the Trinity or the Godhead. And my friend, uh, even though they have independent offices, they work together and they are one. So Jesus Christ is God. A lot of times I think, oh, well, maybe uh, we don't portray that the way maybe that it needs to, and, and I hope that God will help us bring some of these things out this morning. Do pray for us. I want to take for our reading lesson this morning very familiar scripture to you in the Gospel of John in the first chapter. And I'm going to drag you through your Bible today, so just be ready. First John in the first chapter. Very familiar reading to you this morning, but that doesn't change anything. I'm thankful this morning for the Word of God that it never changes. John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, and that same 
came for witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he came into his own, and his own received him not. And I want to stop there for a moment. <coughs> As we made a statement earlier, uh, that he's always been. It says there that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That in the beginning, uh, it says that, uh, uh, well, let's just go over there and read that uh, in Genesis 1 this morning. And uh, he says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now my friend, I want you to know that uh, we live in a day and time, and even when I was a young boy uh, going through school, uh, there's things that are being taught today. Uh, they talk about a, uh, 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 even a big bang, and they talk about uh, how that human beings uh, developed and come from uh, some source of uh, another kind. And, and my friend, I want you to know that uh, God's Word is true. And my friend, I want you to know and understand that it was God that spoke it into existence when He said, let there be light, there was light. And my friend, there's no other way about it. I want you to know and understand today uh, that uh, He formed man and uh, He reached down into the dust of the earth. And, and my friend, this morning, you might say, well, uh, preacher, all you're saying is I'm dirt. Uh, listen, that's all we are. It's just dirt that God has uh, scooped up in His hands and He's took that clay and He's formed that man. And He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life and He became a living soul. God has, uh, my friend, been involved with this from the very beginning. And God had a plan. And He began to set in motion His plan long before He spoke this into existence. Now, some people say, well, uh, I'll say this. When you're thinking about a big thing, a big bang, I believe when God said, let there be light, there was a bang in heaven. There was something. There was darkness. And God spoke it into existence, boy. There was something big that happened. But what I want you to know and understand is that God has been there from the beginning. So has Jesus. And so has the Spirit. For they've always existed together. He said, and the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made with Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He had a hand in creating everything. He said, for there was not anything made that was made by Him. He made it all. 
He spoke it all into existence. You say, well, preacher, we know all this. Listen, I'm just laying the groundwork this morning. In Colossians 2 and 9, it says, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. I told you before that He was 100% man and 100% God. Well, let's look at some of those things this morning. I want to look over here, some familiar Scripture to you, in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. It says in the 26th verse, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast her into uh, mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth thy son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary, uh, then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this thing be, saying, I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, uh, shall be called the Son of God. And uh, so I realized this morning uh, that you might say, well, uh, we know the story of Jesus, but my friend God uh, knew how He was going to bring all of these things to come to pass. He knew, uh, uh, well, I just want to look over there at that, if you'll be my help. Be patient with me this morning. Uh, I want to read over here. For just a moment, let's turn to Galatians. <coughs> he says over here in Galatians in the fourth chapter, He said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent His Son, made of woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. So he said in the fullness of time. Uh, my friend, I don't know and understand, but God knows. And my friend, he uh, knew when the fullness of time would come that uh, he would send the Holy Ghost unto Mary, who he knew that was worthy. He knew that uh, he loved her and that he feared her. Excuse me, that she feared the Lord. And my friend, uh, that goes deeper in what we've got time for today. Uh, but none the least, uh, uh, we know then that it said that the Holy Ghost should come upon her and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee and uh, that she should bring forth a son named Jesus. 
Bible says that his name should be called Wonderful. That he should be a counselor. When we begin to read about the goodness of God, Brother Don talked about the love of God this week. And that is a deep subject, but he done a wonderful job. I don't understand and fully comprehend the love of God. But I want you to know and understand this morning that uh, Jesus Christ, He is God. He made a statement here as we began to read that. Also in Matthew 1 and 23, the Lord declared, or He talked about over there, He said, Thou shalt call His name Emmanuel, which means, be it interpreted, God with us. You say, there's a lot of people out there in the world today. I was talking to a, a man just yesterday. We was talking about the Lord Jesus. And just here in the last four or five years, he went probably 25 years being lost, or thought he was lost. He had been saved when he was a young man. He finally got it figured out like a lot of times we overcomplicate things. He said, well, it just couldn't be that simple. It couldn't be that easy. My friend, this morning, when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I promise you, you fully surrender to Him this morning. He will save your soul to the uttermost. He'll give you a peace in your heart. And my friend, He'll make you a home in heaven. It's fully about trusting in Him. Surrendering to Him. Laying every weight and care of this world behind and fully surrendering and believing. He thought, well, it just can't be that easy. We began to talk about the Lord and He said, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there that will not deny the fact that there was a man named Jesus. They won't deny the fact that there was a man named Jesus that hanged on a cross. But where they have a hard time with is that He come up out of that grave and that He is alive today and He lives evermore. They have a problem today that He is the Son of God. They don't see Him and recognize Him for who and what He is. Paul said, he said over there that there was some 500 witnesses that had seen him and could testify of him. In the latter parts of the Gospel of John, John says, these things I write that you might believe. He said, I've seen them. I can testify of them. I know them to be true. How many times have you opened up a world history book and you've read about somebody you've never met? You've read about Alexander the Great. And you say, well, I've never met him, but this is what the book says. You read about all these things through history and you believe them because you read them. But yet here is the Word of God, God's holy Word, that says there was a man that was sent from heaven that was the Son of God that lives evermore. And yet there's some that still do not believe. It 
It's real today. He's real today. I said before that we treat the Holy Spirit like a thing sometimes. Listen to me. He is real. And my friend, if you've been saved, He's made an abode in your heart. You know, a lot of times, I get to thinking about what Paul said over there about being called up to the third heaven. Last night I was thinking about this subject and it was late. It's probably about 20-30 minutes after midnight. I was outside. I was looking up, beautiful clear sky. Looking at the stars. Thinking, God, how big you are. A lot of times, I'm guilty of this. I thank God He's so far away. He's way out yonder in the third heaven. God ain't that far from us. If you've been saved, He's right here. He's right here. He's, He's made an abode. He's made a place in your heart. He's not so far out there that you can't touch Him. He's right here. And I'm guilty of that sometimes. I think, Lord, you're so far out there. And He's right here in my heart. That's the kind of God that we serve. That when He saves you, that He sets up an abode, He loves you. And He wants to live with you. And He wants to have a relationship with you. And He sets up residence right here in your heart. Sister Carrie said, there's a little bit of something that's good about me. Honey, when God resides in your heart, that inward man, it's all good. This outward flesh, it sins. And it fails God. But my friend, that righteousness that's been imputed into my heart, my friend, it lives because God lives in it. What's right here will never sin again. You understand? It's clean. It's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's clean. Because God has set up an abode. He said in the fullness of time. Listen. I can't understand and comprehend the way that God works everything out. God's ways are higher than our ways. Philippians 2 and 6 says this. I want you to listen to this. All this is familiar to you today. I'm not bringing anything new to you. But listen to what Paul says. He said, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God? That word form, I've tried to get into the meaning of word here in the last several years. I'm I have a hard time understanding and reading, let alone knowing what words mean. 
But what that means is shape. The form by which a person or thing strives, the vision, an external appearance. That word robbery, it means differs from theft. This is Webster's 18 and 28 definition. Robbery differs from theft as it is a violent felonious uh, act from the person or presence of another. Whereas theft is a felonious taken of goods privately from the person dwelling of another. So Jesus Christ thought being equal in the form, it says, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. My friend, I said before that he was all man and all God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He is God. God in the flesh. And my friend, when you begin to understand the love that God has for the human race, and when you really boil it down on top of that, the love that God has for me, that He would make a way, that He would make a plan, that He would come and suffer like He did for me and for you. Begin to think about the Lord Jesus. How many of us is guilty about sitting back and thinking, boy, how hard I've got? I am. I am. And folks, when the rubber meets the road, I am blessed. And you want to know what? You're blessed too. We're all very blessed. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is equal with God, came into this world being born of a virgin, he was born, no words to lay his head. He was placed in a manger, a feeding trough, if you will. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, uh, uh, my friend, he was despised. He was looked down upon. He was hated. He was persecuted. He wasn't received. He had no possessions. He had nowhere to lay his head. The man that owned it all didn't have nowhere to lay his head. This is all his. You think that little house I've got there at Halifax Road is mine? It's not. It's his. It's all his. He owns it all. And yet he had nothing. That's God. That's probably that's one of the major reasons that they had a problem receiving him because he didn't come the way they anticipated him to come. I'm going to talk to you about Hebrews. I told you I was going to drag you a lot of places this morning. I'm going to try to wind it down. 
Hebrews 1 and 3. And boy, Brother Moran got off a little bit on this Friday. And boy, I tell you, I love it. Listen to what he says. In the third verse. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of God of the majesty on high. I began to think about, just as he said, and boy, it meant a whole lot to me, what does it mean to be the express image? Well, he put it this way. Express image is a tool for graving, a stamp, to impress as on a coin or a stamp which case the seal or die which makes the impression bears the image produced by it. In other words, it's an exact copy. So when God made him, he stamped it and said, This is my son, it is me. He said he's the express image. morning I hope I've not bored you but I want to read to you a few more verses of scripture and then I'm going to be done John 10 John 10 and 30 very familiar he said I and my father are one ten and 18 I want to talk to you a little bit about his power. This is what he says. He said, therefore, in the 17th verse, excuse me, he said, therefore, through my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself and I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. He holds all the power. He says over there in Matthew 28, he says, all power is given unto me in earth as it is in heaven. He holds all the power. So my friend this morning, I want you to understand is uh, maybe I've not brought this out in the best way, but he has no beginning. He has no end. He has all the power and he is God. So when we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, listen to me. If you're here and lost this morning, you think about the Lord Jesus Christ, that He came in the form of a man, that He might suffer the afflictions that we have. But He counted it not robbery to be equal with God. That He laid down His life. And He said, I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. And he said, all power is given unto me on earth as it is in heaven. My friend, Jesus Christ is God. And furthermore, the Holy Spirit, we don't talk about Him very much. And maybe one of these days I'll get around to preaching on Him a little more. But you want to know what? He's God too. 
Oftentimes we think of the Holy Spirit as that wind that he told Nicodemus about. He is a wind. But I tell you this. When you're saved and you've been bought by the precious blood of God, by the precious blood of the Lamb, He sets up residence in your heart. He's not way out there somewhere where you can't talk to Him. He's not way out there somewhere where you can't feel His presence. I don't mean to sum up Brother uh, Reynolds' book. He wrote a book called uh, Fundamental Error. And basically, what I've construed from a lot of that book is, is when you boil it down, he's talking about you take the spirit out of regeneration, but you ain't got nothing. And my friend, that's the day and time that we live in now. I've heard some people call it easy believism. We'll just boil it down a little bit further than that. Easyism. Right? I'm talking about an experience. So when we're praying, who is it that we're praying to? Well, we're praying to the Lord. But my friend, when he says, I hold all the power, he holds it all. He created it. He spoke it into existence. And my friend, we better believe and know what he's capable of doing. He, he sent his spirit to be a comfort and a help. My friend, let's rely upon his spirit. You say, preacher, I still don't know where you're going with this subject. Well, you're going to have to tune in to next week, all I can tell you. Uh, Lord, give me this thought. When we think about God, I asked Jessica, we talk, I asked kids, last night I said, we was talking about it. I said, when you think of God, you know, I was going through a few things with them. I said, tell me about Tell me about Jesus. What can you tell about? What can you tell Daddy about him? Encourage your children to talk about the Lord. I'm not saying it because it's mine. But I tell you to bless your heart when they start telling you that he's the Son of God. That he walked on this earth, that he was placed in a tomb, and that he rose on the third day. I want my children to know and understand in an early age who it is that we serve. Who created all this? Who formed us? Who made us? Who desires that we be in heaven with them? Because this is just temporal. That He made a way. God is a spirit. He holds no bodily form. But Jesus Christ come in human form. I know today I've probably not done the best of job bringing that out, but Church, I want you to know who we serve. We serve God. Please. I'm telling you, we live in a culture of time that throws the Holy Spirit around like it's nothing. He's God. So when we pray, asking God to manifest, church, He's in our heart. Lord, take us and use us for your honor and for your glory. Allow your spirit to come and be used. Lord, just let us work and labor for you. We've got to stop treating him like he's an it. 
Start treating him like he's God. That's my message this morning. I pray it to be a help to you. This morning, if you're here and lost, you need to be saved. Seek God while he may be found. Brother Strode, would you get us a song?